We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. On uh, this week, we'll be talking about the national championship, the coaching carousel in the NFL, play a little spitball, and the divisional weekend in the NFL. Stay tuned. Get it, boss! We're back! Get it popping! Wow! I just took your job. <laughs> Get it popping! Yeah, just so everyone knows, I fucked up the intro so many times that boss is like, I got it. <laughs> one take. Put it up. But it was minimum. I don't know what's New going flavor on. In here. I don't know what's going on today. You know what? I think it's Craig a robe. Mack. I'm wearing a robe. Like I'm Hugh Hef. Listen, you are. R.I.P. You're wearing a robe. You got a waves in your comb over. I don't know. What's you look going like on your name there. is Reginald. I'll take it. Reginald Whitsworth. <laughs> nah. You do look like a Whitsworth. It looks like straight up Whitsworth right now. <laughs> I mean, I'll switch bank accounts with them if you want. Um, anyway, everyone's here. Yo, yo. Yeah, yeah. And, and NPC. Full here. house, full house. Squad. 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 <laughs> no cards on the table. We got a full house. Hey. Wow. Bars. Mm. Hashtag. That was hard. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the national championship just went down. Super fire. Uh, <clears throat> Crazy game. Wild game. Thought Georgia was gonna have. I thought Georgia had it for a second. It's. A, I got the feeling. You know that feeling that I know in the last Super Bowl. I, got, I don't know if everyone got this feeling, but the feeling I got when it was twenty eight three, and I was just like, you know, the Patriots aren't going out like this. No way. No way. No how. I kind of got that same feeling with Alabama. Like, yeah, the, no, this is not gonna last. I didn't get that feeling in the Super Bowl until they scored, and it was twenty eight to ten. I'm like, they better not like try to run out this clock in the third quarter because. But that's the difference between this is what I, like this is the difference, right? So I was watching that game, and at no point were they like out of it by any means. Obviously, it wasn't twenty eight to three. I think it was twenty to three. Twenty to three, yeah. Twenty to three. Twenty eight to three is a lot different. A whole other score. One more score. Yeah, but um, when I'm when you're watching that game and, and like that kind of comeback, like that's the difference between good teams and great teams. Like 
the composure and like not being like not imploding you know what i mean like we're down and it's like whatever they changed quarterbacks at halftime putting this kid to a to a tag of whatever tag I, got, of I got you right now i mean to a taga viola that's definitely not how you say taga it viola bam taga viola yeah Three times fast. I will Taco say Viola, there was Taco a little Viola, bit Taco of Viola. melting down on the sideline with that kid. Was it from number 48? Swinging Yo. on coaches. Oh, yeah. What was that? Swinging on players, swinging on coaches. He punched, yeah. punched the dude in the face. He punched the guy in the face and it punched him Wild in the helmet. Now, bro. Talking about losing your composure. Yeah. Well, that's one guy. I'm talking about collectively as a team. Yeah. 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 They were getting that. Yo, that was that was crazy. When, I, uh, when he made the switch, like I thought he was just out of his mind. I was just like, what is he doing? He's going to a true freshman. That quarterback in the middle of the national championship, this guy didn't even get that many reps in the season. Right. Like he hasn't played for real since preseason. He he did get a lot of reps in between the uh, the two games because Jalen Hurts was out with uh, the flu, so he was running the first team. Granted, it's not in game reps, yeah. but it wasn't like legit cold. Well, thank God. I yeah. was driving home from actually we were recording that night, so the studio at halftime. I left at halftime, and the second half was about to start. And they're talking about this kid, Tua, coming in on the radio. And they're like, yeah, the OC said, you know, there's guys where if you stick them out in the middle of the fields and there's, like, a house out there, like, some people are like, yeah, hey, you could hit the house from here or whatever. Like, with Tua, he could hit the fucking doorknob. Like, you can throw. <laughs> and that's what is like, that's why they brought him in because they're losing and they need to throw. And Saban said that himself. He's like, you know, I we needed a, a change because we were playing from behind at that point. I went with a better thrower, and Tua gave us that opportunity. Yeah, Hurts wasn't going to make any plays that was going to win them the game because it's not his not style. His arm, it's not his arm, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when you get down by that much, you need to throw from behind, and, and he couldn't do it. What a first – like the first drive when that kid got the ball was like – was incredible. First let's, of all, this dude can run too. Yeah, let's not forget he was the number one dual threat quarterback in the country. Right, coming into to Bama. And uh, the high school he went to is the same high school that Marcus Mariota went to, and he shattered all his records. And, yo, something about Hawaiians, man. We were messing around in the group chat saying how, yo, worst comes to worst, just take a Samoan or Hawaiian. There's something about them, <laughs> their DNA when it comes to football. Yeah, they'll do it. That, like, ritual they do about before anything, games and shit. bro. Their work ethic is bananas. Yo, imagine being able to withstand. Like, you saw the kicker fucking talking about blood. I thought Greeks had hardcore blood with this fucking guy. It looked like he was shitting his pants as he was kicking. You were just wrong. Just shanking. My shanking. Blanket ship, though. Now, like he's, now he's shanking for Alabama, who's a, a good team who's probably going to... It's going to be okay. It ended up being okay, right? But on the other end, you got this kid who is who needs to come back. He's a true freshman. And his first game is in the second half of the national championship. Like, you got to give it up to him. And everyone's talking about um, that throw he made at the end of the game. And that was the game-winning throw, so I understand. And it was a dime, but the, the receiver was wide open. The throw that I'm looking at, the one that really impressed me, it was fourth and four from the seven with four minutes left. He, he was, And they were down by seven. This was basically our last chance for the game. He dropped back. He escaped pressure. He rolled out, and he was rolling out. He was on his back foot, and he threw, like, across his body a dime to calvin ridley. ridley yeah just an absolute seed that calvin ridley was behind the defender and he came in front of the defender after the ball was already thrown yeah he threw him thrown. open he, he, you think that's a better throw than the game ender i think it's a much better throw oh i think you're crazy the game ender was a wide open player he because moved of him, the though. safety bro 
Sure, but I'm talking about the throw itself, though. I to don't do know. that on the run in the back foot on fourth and four from the seven with the game on the line. Yo, okay, so but but what about this? He takes that sack to start the overtime when they get the possession. So it's second and twenty six. Out of field goal range. Out of field goal range, and you need a field goal to at least continue the game. And you come back and you answer with that. The fact that he moved the safety, who uh, Todd McShay says is a top prospect coming out, Sanders. He moved him. Uh, I think you're selling that sh- that that entire situation short. I mean, that. it's one A one B. I just I, that's also an impressive play. It's just that that play though, like uh, yo, fourth and four across your body. This is the first time you've seen a game in the national championship that in was, Atlanta, and you're playing Georgia. That was also a he false threw, start, by the way, on he, that play. I don't know if you guys saw one? that tweet. That fourth and four play, the wideout clearly leaves. Like you know how like in college football, a lot of quarterbacks they clap. Yeah, for the and shotgun that's snap. The snap. Yeah, yo, he left on the clap. And, like, you could so clearly see it. Matthew Berry retweeted. We'll put it on our Twitter, too, like, right after this episode. Uh, uh, well, I was that, impressed. But, yo, how about Jake Fromm? My bad, Joe. But Jake Fromm. Phenomenal. Yo, impressive. The but, most impressive quarterback in that game for me. Yo, that back shoulder throw is on the money. Yeah, he's a really on good the quarterback. They got very conservative. Their last their last two drives, they ran the ball 11 times. He got sacked twice. I think he went one and three. Well, he was one for three for seven yards. And that was a game where you started playing scared, and that's – yeah, and they started running happened. the wild dog a little a little too much, and I feel I also feel like they should have they should have gave the ball to to uh, Michelle a little more. Mm. Like Nick Chubb, like the, what he does running over guys and being that like bruiser, like, bruiser. Yeah, that's, that's not going to work against a giant team. Yeah, uh, but a, a guy like Michelle, did you see that run where in the first quarter I think it was where it was a third and twenty and he got twenty four yards yeah, on, a, yeah. on a he oh, busted yeah. one to the outside. Uh, he's like yo, fucking tightrope the sideline. Side oh line. yeah, this dude, watching. what is he six one? He has that type of speed, that type of agility, plus he can run guys over. Like, this is the guy. Mm. And he was the guy in the last game, and I think the fact that they didn't feed him more, that they kind of, like, I feel like they wanted to give it to Chubb just because. No, I think the I think the problem is, you know, with teams, and we saw it with the Falcons, we saw it with, with Georgia, it's when you're up significantly in a big game, you play conservative. You, you abandon yeah, you your game it. plan. Yeah. You're not in attack mode anymore. You're like, let's not lose this game. Let's not fuck this up. And then eventually catches up to you, especially when you're playing teams probably the the two biggest dynasties right now, Alabama and New England, these are two teams they've won it before numerous times. They know how to play in these big games, and they will stay composed. Uh, it's not a team that will just start throwing it over the top because they're down 15 points or whatever, the, the 17 points. Not going to just start tossing it. They're going to play their game. They're going to run the ball. They're going to get up the field and then fucking put together big drives and then beat you like that. And you have to be on your shit. And if you're like, you know, the the last two drives, Jake Fromm was like not doing shit. Like they were handing the ball off and then he was like one for three with like three yards or some shit. You know what I mean? Like they, they weren't taking any chances. You can't do that in those games, especially when you're playing teams like that. You got to step on their throat. And like that's the problem that teams run into. And yo, how many times have you seen New England continue to throw when they're up 30? Yeah, because it's just like. We're not going to abandon our game yeah, plan. Professional keep- throat steppers. Yeah. yeah. You have to be. You have to be because. Y- any hope is like not good because even when you're down, think about like if you're down 20 points and you put a score on the board, immediately you're not thinking like, oh, we're still down this much. You're like, yo, fuck it. We could score. Like, let's do it. You know what I mean? It's like you're already hype. So it's like giving momentum to a team, that giving hope to, to people who are down is not good because then it, eventually you're just, I think like, no, we're still up. We're still up. We're still good. We're still good. And you're just. I think in a winner go home game, there's no point like there's at any time is there a point where like you can't disrespect the other team by running up the score like i think it's perfectly fine in a playoff game because there's no guarantees like even if you're up you know 14 points or 21 points or 28 three 
you know, in the second half. There's no guarantee that that game is over, especially against top-notch talent, especially in a championship game like the last the NCAA title game and the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, there's there's no reason to not keep playing your game at any point in any, in any game. I don't care what the score is. Yeah, I know. It's it's easier said than done because like 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 I said, when you're in a big game like that, big uh stage and you're up, it's like let's just win this game. You know what I mean? When Can't. you start worrying about the clock, that's when you start getting things yourself in happening. trouble. Yeah. yeah. But I, I see I will say one thing about Jake Fromm because just from the original point, I'm okay with the Jets maybe taking Baker Mayfield now because if he sucks, you just draft draft him in 2 years and we're all set. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I saw uh, this guy whose draft analysis I really respect. His name is Matt Miller. He works for Bleacher Report. He did a player comparisons. Man, if those player comparisons are accurate, this quarterback class is in trouble. Josh Rosen, he compared him to Jay Cutler. Uh, Sam Darnold, he compared him to Cody Kessler. If those are the top two unanimous picks and that's what their, I guess, I don't know if it's their ceiling or their floor is. That's you're in trouble. I will say a whole bunch of those guys like didn't have great years. That were supposed to be these great like fucking next coming of Jesus Christ. I feel like these quarterbacks I, it's I, gonna be like Brady Quinn, where I, it's kind of like we're, we're expecting them to go high. It's gonna be a lot of hype, and then they're just gonna slide. Lately, I've stopped worrying about how productive they are in college because of what Ben Simmons is doing now. Uh, granted, it's a completely different sport, but like Ben Simmons, everyone had all their questions and all their concerns of what he was doing at LSU. And now he's, at the moment, the runaway at Rookie of the Year. And these guys, I'm not worried. Jim Mora got fired for UCLA halfway through the season, a little bit past the halfway point. His receivers were going down left and right. I'm a big Josh Rosen fan, but, you know, Baker Mayfield to the Jets, going to sell jerseys, but I don't know. I'm, I hope the Giants stay as far away from him as possible. Yeah. I'll take bake. You'll take the bake? Take the bake. Take the bacon. Um, staying on the NFL, uh, let's lead off with the Giants. We just talked about Nick Saban and Bama. He's, they're talking about him potentially. Who are the Giants getting yeah. Nick Saban? Well, it was, it was really a rumor that Bruce Arians started spreading cause they're close friends. And he said how anytime a job like the Giants opens up people, people, it's a premier job. You know, it's an, it's an elite job because of the organization and the class organization that they are. And Nick Saban, what more does he have to prove? How many more national championships are going to win? There's no way that Nick Saban is going to coach the Nick Giants. Nick Saban ran like a sucker last time he got an NFL job. We didn't even introduce the segment. Nick like came in his pants real quick. Oh, we were just <laughs> talking about the, you know the, I mean we said it in the rundown. It's you know there's uh, the coaching carousel. The, yeah, the coaching carousel. Six open jobs this offseason. Two already taken though. Mm. Gruden in Oakland, and uh, what's it? Magny? Magny, Magny in Chicago. Magny. You, Magny. you you think Nick Saban has a chance to to coach the Giants? I think he like if you were to, uh, to to put odds on it, what would you put on it? Honestly, fifty fifty. Really? Yeah. No way. So I, I, what I, would you put the odds taking at? Taking that bet, ten to one. So I've seen Nick. I've one? seen takes where Nick Saban, if he comes to the NFL, wants like a ton of things. Yeah, he wants way. ownership. He wants player control. He wants and the Giants uh, as a top notch organization like that would give that to him. I think he's tied with Bear Bryant for most championships at Alabama. I don't think he leaves unless he gets one more to go ahead of Bear Bryant. So maybe like one more year with a kid and then he dips. Which but he I can't, fucking will. Yeah, I can't see him leaving before he breaks the Alabama championship record, though. Alabama will win championships, I feel like, 
If Saban stays in Alabama, I I think they they win championships like at least once every three years, at but, least. But yo, does until it, he's dead, they haven't missed don't the playoffs. Don't you think he, he he wants to be with the Belichicks of the world, like in that discussion? Oh yeah, of course. I'm just saying it's hard to walk away from a, just a powerhouse. You're beating the shit out of the whole league. <sighs> Is it too late for him to be a Belichick though? Here's the thing though, I don't even know if I want him on the Giants. Like the the what they run at Bama like. Where do they run? They have a shitty QB offense there. It's not like, yo, let's throw the ball down the field. It's like we have the best players. We oh, beat the shit out of everyone. We just muscle everyone. Yeah, I, I, it's also when when you're in the NFL, like his, his NFL legacy is not great at the moment. It's horrible. So let's say he leaves this dynasty. He's seen as a god. I was listening to a radio show the other day, and people were saying, I'd rather have Nick Saban over Bear Bryant in Alabama. like, And that's their guy. So when, So when you are in that situation, why would you leave and then maybe tarnish your reput- your reputation further? Like, you want to be known as one of the greats, so be great at what you're great at, especially in a situation where you don't have a quarterback. He'll be looked at as one of the greats in college, but he sure. won't be considered an all-time head coach great because he didn't do it where the pros are. So which which, which when you the, think when you think of the best coaches in I mean, any sport, do you ever consider the the college guy? Is he in your discussion? Uh, no, yeah, Co- he, Coach K is a hundred percent like one I of mean, the greatest coaches of all time. So how come he never went to the NBA to prove it? What does he have to prove? He's great where he is. He's the best where he is. So he, here's the thing, though. The reason why you don't do that is because in college, it, you don't draft anybody. There's no strategy behind that. It's you have a reputation. Your school has a reputation, dude. I could probably win a championship next year at Bama. Everyone's gonna come here regardless. That's not true. That's not true at all. Because they were, yeah, there. exactly. Before but he got but there. But what I'm saying is, is you have a team that everyone wants to go to anyway. You don't have to draft anybody. It's not like you have to take a chance on someone. Like in the NFL, you have to take a chance on somebody, and hopefully they pan out with the best of the best. With Bama, you know you're getting the best of the best. You know what I mean? So it's different. You're playing with an all-star team. Like yeah. who the fuck is gonna go to your competition? It's true. And it's so much easier to win that way. And when you say, like, as he mentioned, with the best coaches of all time, I think there's two separate conversations. I think that if you include him in with, if it's who is the best coaches of all time overall, I think that he has a chance to be up there. But if you, if you're saying who's the best college coaches, he's number one, numero uno, man. And that I think that he's just trying to cement that he already he already is gonna have a statue outside of that university, so. He's just trying to cement his legacy at this point. I, I would really put it past him to take any NFL job. Yeah, but you wouldn't say, like, the best Japanese baseball player of all time is, like, one of the best baseball players of all time because he never played in the league. Sure, but if you're having the conversation about Japanese baseball players, though, that's what I'm saying. Like, Who cares having, about that, Yeah, but though. that's not the, he, that's he not the question that I I mean, I still think though. that. You're, that doesn't take away from someone's greatness just because they yeah. didn't do it in, the, in a yeah, particular you're, league. Okay, you're the best D-leaguer in the league. Nah, that's not the same. That's not the it's, same. That's a minor league. And, and same. what's college football? It's a minor league. That, no, that's not a minor league. Why not? It's a stepping stone. That's a. a it's step. not. It's not professional sports. Yeah. Well, I, if you're yes. not a great professional coach, you eh. are. If you're not a professional, you are a amateur. Right. That's right. But he's a professional coach. He's a professional. He's getting paid. Yeah. Right. All right. He's a professional college coach. Okay. And he's out of be all the professional famous. college coaches, he's the best. <laughs> okay, but I'm but saying the greatest coaches of all time, you would take someone who coaches in a lesser league over someone who coaches in a professional league? You I can't. I, I think it it's depends. a I think it's a tough question because especially the factors are so different but yo, because recruiting is part of the equation in college. Right. 
But who's to say that if you take a mid-level NFL coach and put him on Bama, why can't they win these games? I run an NFL system. I win games in a professional football league with the best of the best, and I'm getting all these fucking recruits. They all want to come to Bama. Because you ain't the god no more. That's true. But I'm just saying. Like, Who's to say that he is actually as great as he is? I mean, there's a lot of... Like, Calipari's... Like, I'm just thinking about... I don't know any football examples, but Calipari's failed in the pros. Rick Pitino's failed in the pros. Is it more coaching or is it more recruiting? It's both. It's both, but that's part but of it. recruiting is outweighs it. Also, you see how Nick I, Saban I talks out. to these dudes. Like, you see how Nick Saban is. I think his his... His shit is gonna be tired in the NFL. Yeah, talk- just like John Harbaugh. Exactly. You're talking to millionaires, bro. You're like you're not talking to little kids from the hood who are just happy to be where they're at. Like that's not who you're talking to. You're talking to millionaires. Yeah, I mean, uh, yo, I like I said, I wouldn't want Nick Saban on the Giants, honestly. Especially just because, like, yo, the system that you run on offense, like, it's totally different. Like, at at no point do you need to go after like a pocket passer who's like. Doing whatever, like look who's next in line. This fucking kid is gonna be running around. This fucking five ten, Tua kid, dual threat, whatever. Russell Wilson type. Mm. Who's to say if that'll pan out? Russell Wilson is an anomaly. Like he's fucking incredible. But who's to say that's gonna pan out? Like those are the guys they go after though. Jalen Hurts will not play a snap in the NFL. He won all those games at Bama as a quarterback at least because he might transition. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, you don't need... Like, why do I want that guy as my head coach? Like, what is he going to do for me? As but a that's professional coaching, that's or coaching as a to college your person, though? Yeah, like... like yeah, but, but, if you, but if this is what you've like been doing... Like, he's not going to run that system with Eli Manning at quarterback. Right, but if obviously. he's been running a certain system for this many years, now just making the transition, I'm supposed to assume that you just know what you're doing now out of nowhere? Like, you've been running this for a while. You wouldn't just take an offensive coordinator and be like, I'm hiring him as a defensive coordinator. <laughs> like, you wouldn't just do that. Like, he's a good coach on offense, so I'll just put fucking... Who, who put do you think should take the Giants' job as someone that doesn't have a rooting interest in the team? I mean, I think it depends on what the Giants are looking for. If the Giants are going with Eli Manning next next year, I think you got to go with a veteran mm. that's able to coach veterans. If you're going to go young quarterback, maybe go with the young a young hot coordinator somewhere. I mean, the Giants have a, a whole bunch of options. Like, who who's your favorite candidate? McDaniel's. For yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, because I I, th- I think McDaniel's should be everyone's number one candidate. Don't don't tell me about his time in Denver when he was 28 years old, I think, and he was the head coach, and he had Tim Tebow. Like, don't don't use that as a black eye on his resume because I think he he just wasn't ready. And the fact that he took that team to the playoffs too with Tim Tebow, who's out the league now for how many years? I think that says a lot. And he's He's groomed now. He's been with Belichick. He's been with Brady. Yeah. And he had a big role in the growth of Garoppolo. And we see what he's doing out in San Francisco. You know my mindset on if the... I agree with what you said there. If the Giants go after a quarterback, they take Rosen or Darnold or Mayfield or whoever. I want McDaniels. Yeah. I think that's a layup who who I would prefer. Because the, the pairing is what you want. Young QB with a young offensive mind. You look across the league. That's that's what's successful now. Chicago just did that too. Chicago they did went that. Out yeah, see uh, Maggie for Mitch Trubisky, and they just hired the offensive coordinator that took over Oregon, Mark Helfrich, uh, when Chip Kelly left. So they're 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 doing it the right way. You're getting offensive minds around this kid. It, it makes sense, but then all right, so let's say you don't draft a quarterback and go with Eli Manning. Are you looking at a guy like Brad Childress? 
No, 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 no. I would rather I would rather take a shot on a dude that doesn't have head coaching experience. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. With a veteran lady. Because like, yeah, because like, if you think about it, if there's no young QB on the team yeah. and Josh McDaniels is the coach, like he might be younger than some players. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, McVay's younger than a lot of people. But, on he, but he's got a young quarterback. I think yeah. it, I think it does make a difference in terms. of I that. think for the Giants that if you don't if you do go forward with Eli Manning and you don't draft or have a young guy coming in, I think it's better to go with a coach who has coaching experience. But like at that point, you have a veteran laden team at every position, pretty much. And on defense, you're only getting older. You went out and got Olivier Vernon, uh, Snacks. You know snacks, these guys, Jenkins, yeah, Jenkins. So why not? You know the window's closing. If you want to win with Eli. One or two more years, but you would rather take a shot on on Pat Shermer and Brad Childress over a Pat uh, Matt Patricia? Is it Matt, Matt Patricia? Patricia yeah. I was gonna say Pat Matricia. Wow, that's <laughs> horrible. But yeah, I would rather take a shot on those guys. Okay, I mean that's fair. Uh, Matt Patricia is rumored to have the Lions job locked up. The Li- the Lions are going after a defensive mind because they want Jim Bob Cooter to stay. And yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, Marvin Jones was Stafford, a big was proponent. Campaigning. Stafford. I don't Golden know Tate. how it, it even crosses their mind to let that guy go. No, don't. Because from can't. when he took over to now, Matthew Stafford is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's why they want it. it. Apparently, Matt Patricia, as soon as the Patriots get eliminated or win the Super Bowl, is going to sign on the dotted line of Detroit. That's the rumor I'm hearing. I. I thought it was either Lions or Giants are the two that he's. Uh, but all those teams now, they they're probably going to be treating it how the Falcons and the Niners treated the Shanahan situation. Mm. Patriots, if they go to the Super Bowl, you're not going to have a head coach until after that. Yeah. But there's going to be that you know gentleman's agreement where you know what I'm going to take this job. What do you think, boss? Who would you go after if you were the Giants? I mean. Mick Daniels is an offensive-minded coach. You just went through that. The thing with me is, like, I want – I mean, the Jets have been through so many coordinators the last couple of years. Like, they always get the new, the hottest coordinator, like Rex Ryan, Todd Bowles. But I feel like sometimes it's safer to go with a veteran head coach who has head coaching experience instead of the hot new name coordinator like a Matt Patricia or Josh McDaniels, even though Josh McDaniels does have Seamless transition. How you like one of the major experienced head coaches out there just got hired. Ten years, hundred million dollars. Gruden. How are you guys feeling about Gruden? That's a that's a crazy one, man. Well, you're you're the Raider fan here. Why don't you tell us? <laughs> I mean, that was last year. That man. was last year, to be fair. But yeah. honestly, couple couple games they don't cover for Tim. He off the bandwagon. Saints. <laughs> hey, yeah, I I got off that bandwagon just in time. Hopped on the Saints bandwagon. But honestly, I mean, it's it's all about Derek Carr. I mean, that's really what it is. You have a you have a face of the franchise. So. Gruden needs to come in and understand that Derek Carr is the guy. So obviously Gruden, who is a quarterback, supposed to be a quarterback guru, right? Mm-hmm. He sees Derek Carr as the guy. If you go back to his QB camp with Derek Carr, they were running a special with uh on ESPN the other day, and they re they reran the whole thing like the, the whole hour. And he's like, "Man, I love this kid, man!" And like doing his whole John Gruden thing. So it's going to be interesting to see because Gruden was also known for his defenses in mm. Tampa but that's because he got uh, he had a bunch of good coordinators out there so he also inherited a team that was pretty much ready that's true. defense with John Lynch and uh sure but he was Warren Sapp Derek Brooks but he, that 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 Raiders team was also like let's not forget like a lot of people are like well John Gruden took his took his team 
he he already had a team set up to go to the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, but also like the team he left was the opponent that he was playing. Yeah. No, so yeah. you know, like John Gruden's team made it to the Super Bowl, <laughs> and then the teams that John Gruden coached beat them. Yeah, if that makes any sense. No, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, so that he he had a, a good situation in in uh in Oakland at that time, led by who was the crazy fucking linebacker. Uh, Bill Romanowski let that was a good defense. That was a hard nosed defense. So he's been successful on both sides of the ball. And just one thing, he got traded to the Bucks. Yeah. Head coach got traded. Crazy to think. Hmm. I just don't get the you know, this guy's been out the league for a long time. And his last three, four years, I think he went five hundred or or less in those years. So you're talking about a guy that hasn't been successful since two thousand two. Games change, man. Drastically, yeah, but Huge. he's analyzing it every week. I agree, absolutely, yeah. But so he's it's not like he's been out of football for so long. He's true. studying game film every from Monday to Monday, and it's not like he hasn't shown that. And also, it's it's happened before. Remember, um, Dick Vermeil. Dick Vermeil had a long, really illustrious career with the Rams, and then I mean, I'm sorry with the um, Eagles, Eagles, and then he took a long time off, and got together came. with the Rams, yeah. Then he took another little the hiatus Chiefs. and then went to the Chiefs and was successful there. So, I mean, hiatuses have happened with success before. But I, I feel like that's that's the only one though. You know, that's the that's the only time similar to what Joe was saying about how Russell Wilson is an outlier. You know, you can't always think that every scrambling quarterback is gonna be russell wilson i don't think i me personally i'm super upset that he's not gonna be on monday night football because i don't know about you guys i was a big fan of him on monday night football and also i just don't think that i think he's gonna be out of touch man i think that it's gonna be a hard transition for him to make and he's going into a tough ass division too tough division and a roster that honestly is not overall that good but a team that just won the division last year so I mean I don't I think I don't know I I feel that he's not out of touch at all I mean I think he's just been he's been around the game being like, in the booth and being on the sidelines though you you don't think that's a huge difference I mean of course calling a game is different than calling it from upstairs but you're still analyzing film and keeping up with the dynamics of the game you're still in touch with what's going on every day you're in the meetings you're in mm-hmm. meetings not coaches meetings or you know players players meetings but you're in staff meetings breaking down game getting names. You're yeah, up yeah. to date with all the players. Who's good? Who's not? Like you, you're in touch with the game. For how many years he's been in the booth now? Five, six, seven years. So I mean, yeah. I don't think it's gonna be that hard of a transition for Gruden back to the sidelines. I'm curious to see who they replace. They replace his uh, Monday Night Football position with. I, I I heard a rumor that Bruce Arians was uh, being considered. Mm. I just hope it's not Jay Cutler. I just can't imagine him as a TV personality. I would love to Wasn't see him he on signed TV. on with someone. Yeah, it was CBS. with CBS, and then uh, I would Miami. love to see Jay. And then, Ro- and then Romo became as a result of that. No, I no, I so. think Romo signed on too. He right? did also. Yeah. Oh, okay. Romo was going into the number one game right away with with Nance. Romo's the man. Yeah, Romo's the truth. So, what about the uh, Bears head coach, Matt Nagy? He's a young kid. Im- impressive is that he was Andy Reid's intern in 2008. That was his first year. Less than 10 years later, he's a head coach. Super impressive. I think what you saw was his ability to work with Alex Smith and make him a better quarterback, plus his affinity for running the ball. And if, you, and if you're the Bears, you want a guy who's going to be a run-centric uh, guy who also is really good with the quarterback. So I think, that's, I think that's a good fit there. He better hope that Trubisky pans out because he's not going to have a, 
I believe they don't have a first round pick this year because they gave it up for the, the Niner. Yeah, yeah, so he has a lot to work with, but he has a young the young quarterback, so maybe that's a nice pairing there. And they got a beast. I'm a big Jordan Howard guy. I think yeah. you know last year I had my questions. Was it you know an outlier? Was it a one time thing? But then he had a solid year this year too, where he was the main main focal point of that offense. I got a question for you guys. Apparently, Nagy had an opportunity to coach the Colts mm. or the Bears. And this time last year, if the Colts' job was open, consensus, job, best yeah. job in the league. Yeah. Right? Because Andrew Luck. Yeah. Well, now you don't know what Andrew Now Luck. he's getting skipped over for the Bears. Yeah. But that's because you don't know what Andrew Luck. He's, right. He's going to Germany again for that Kobe surgery or whatever the hell Kobe did when he went over there. So, so unfortunate. Knows? Well, that's on the organization, man. That could be its own episode because I've vented many times on what the Colts have done. But that that's on you. In, in a world where it's so hard to find a good quarterback, you find a great one, and then you put all that shit around him. The, it's the, unfortunate. Yeah. I, I, mean, I saw a Bronx tale on Broadway on Tuesday. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent. Boom. Andrew Luck. Prime example. My high school, Bro, my dad my used high to say school football coach used to always say the wor- the worst thing someone could say about you is that you have potential because like <laughs> you n- you'll probably never reach it. <laughs> it's lit. No, the, <laughs> ba- lit. the Bears on paper aren't like the worst team in the world. They, if Trubisky pans out, like this is a team that you know definitely need like, some help on the outside though. Right. I mean, there's nothing on the outside. Lord knows what happened. I mean, they have injuries too. Like Cameron Meredith, we've seen. Word. We've hurt. seen him He's play well. Kevin White also like we haven't seen Kevin White haven't in seen, two years. Yeah, Kevin he's White gone. hasn't. He's, yeah, gone. he's, yeah. he's on the roster next year. That's your boy too. Know, That's why I heard so some. Yeah. You hear it so in Joe's voice. He had so much potential. <laughs> he, he actually did. You know, I said that without even realizing that it Against pertained Bama. to what Nick you just lit said. Up Bama. That was the only reason why it was like week two. I was like, Yo, this kid's fucking good. You know where we watched that game when he lit up Bama? Highlands. Hey. We were in Highlands. Were we? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Shout out to Highlands. Shout off. out to Highlands. Highlands, New Jersey, the most underrated place on the earth. And shout out to Clint Trickett. Clint Trickett, yeah. Last uh, last chance you now. now like, he, he moved on. No. So he would, uh, He's Kiffin. a QB coach. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, shit. What'd you say? He's with Kiffin. Oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. At FAU. Yeah, that's right. Lit. Super lit. lit. Climbing the ranks. Clint Trickett. The most hick name in the world. The most concussed person in the world. <laughs> that too. That's fucked up. Yeah, I mean, Wayne Corbett has something to say about that. Um, Trigger's brain is mush. What else? What about Cardinals? Bruce Harrison. That's the worst job. It's the worst opening. There's Bruce only Arians. one way that job is good. If they go to a coach, all right, we're giving you, we're giving you a Shanahan contract. Brand new slate, clean house, build it the way you want to build it. We trust you. That's the only way I'm taking that job if I'm if I'm a head coaching candidate. There's there's nothing to look forward to there. The roster's old. The there's no quarterback. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing. It, that that is a clean house situation for sure. That window has shut down completely. I think they have some building blocks. Chan Jones, David Johnson. Who's your man crush? You forgot about DJ. Breaks his wrist. That's it. Tim, Tim, yo, Tim's a traitor on people. Look at that. They do, they do two, three bad games on him. He didn't win me a fantasy championship this year. Listen, he won I, me a fantasy championship last year. They got Patrick Peterson's coming off a very solid year too. I think Larry Fitzgerald's still doing it too. The nah, only he's old though. nah, yeah, he's, he's still doing it though. Yeah, he's year still to year it, though yeah. at this point. I think the only concern I would have, if if you want to say that's the worst job because of the teams you got to play twice a year in your division, then yeah, I'd agree with you because all the teams we named, 
their division is the hardest. Yeah, honestly, if I was a head coach, two things would never have a factor with me. Number one, how hard is the division? Unless I'm going to the to the AFC East where there's a dynasty, or the NFC or the AFC North where there's a dynasty, or one of those dynasty divisions where the same team wins the division over and over again. Yeah, but the North hasn't been that way. Nah, the North is pretty open. You've had the Bengals win it. You have the Steelers. You've had the Ravens. All three of those teams win it. Okay, fine, fair enough. Uh, I would just I wouldn't want the Bengals job if if I'm in the same division as the Steelers and the and the Ravens. But anyway, uh, all right, fine. We could even throw them in there. All right, so everywhere except the AFC East. I'm not looking at the teams in the division because you can see how things change in such a short period of time. Two years ago, the, the NFC South was the worst division in football. Now they have three playoff teams, and possibly two of them are going to be playing for the, for the Super Bowl. Like, the talent turns over. Look at the AFC East. The AFC East standings have literally flipped from last year. Like, that happens all the time. There's how many teams out of the, the five out of the – Eight playoff teams didn't make the playoffs last year. So there were six. There were six new teams in the playoffs. Oh, six year. out of twelve new yeah. teams in the playoffs. Half That's fifty percent. Yeah. And every year it's, just, it's it's about the same. There's always four to six new teams in the playoffs. So I don't, I don't think that's something that I would consider. Uh, the Seahawks are one or two pieces away from falling off. The I mean the the Rams have a up and coming situation, so that one's a, a tough one. And so do the 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 Niners, but that's not scaring me. What was I want if I was going well, for? My man, because who would have thought the Niners job was that attractive when Shanahan took it? But it's because they gave him the situation like, here, this is a new GM, new head coach. You guys do you. We're giving you five-year deals. Don't feel like you have to win now because we understand that you won't. If that's the case, then that then I'm accepting that Cardinals job. Like if I can, if I can get the keys to a complete rebuild. Because Shanahan's job literally changed with one move. Needed the quarterback, like, bro. No QB, no hope. Got it back. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to spitball. Small one today because we only got one spitball each. Uh, <laughs> uh, UFC at St. Louis. <laughs> uh, UFC event this weekend in St. Louis, headlined by Jeremy Stevens and Duho Choi. Uh, pretty good fight card. Uh, Vitor Belfort says he's retiring. Dude, legend. About I mean, fucking yeah, about time. time, but he's fighting uh, Uriah Hall. Uh, I think my most intriguing fight is actually on the prelims with Michael Johnson and uh, Darren Elkins. Mm. That's Elkins a prelim? A, yeah. Wow. Johnson was pretty pissed about that. He's coming off the Gaethje fight, which was fight of the year. And uh, Elkins on a five-fight win streak. He, he was Bermudez on the other side of that fight of the year. <laughs> I mean, he almost had Gaethje, though, too. Yeah, he Gaethje's a fucking nut job, dude. That was a fucking phenomenal fight. Go watch that fight if you haven't. Justin yeah, if, Gaethje, If you Michael want to be introduced to the UFC, go watch uh, Gaethje versus Michael Johnson. There was like nine different comebacks in that fight. It was like, Wait. he's winning. He's No, he's winning. No, he's winning. It was ridiculous. A lot of knockdowns. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell said that he might retire next season if he gets franchised again. <laughs> or sit out. Is another or option. sit out, yeah. Legend. Phenomenal. Uh, hot Dairy stove queen? cooking. Uh, the MLB hot stove has been really, really not cooking. The food is getting cold on there, but the Mets signed Jay Bruce to a three-year, $39 million deal to... Uh, log jam that outfield a little bit but the, there's a rumor that the owners in the mlb are just kind of taking a stand on these outrageous contracts and everyone's kind of made a decision that no one's going to sign any free agents until, until the free agent uh, prices go down so that, that's an interesting situation um for rob manford and the mlb players association because that's not free market 
And uh, when there's a union, a powerful union, that's a problem. So um, we're going to see how that plays out. I think this is just the beginning of a story that might brew into something more. Lit. Um, the divisional weekend. Mm. Divisional round. Best weekend in football, they say. Who is they? Everyone. The people who are everyone. correct. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> do you know why, no, do you know why they say it, though? Why do they say? They say because it's the two best teams from each conference are playing against the teams from the wild card. Mm. So you have the best team playing. Yeah. It's crazy because me and Nick were going to go to Vegas this weekend. We were, yeah. Unfortunately, plans fell through. And we're going to USC 220 next weekend. But uh, You guys were actually going to go to Vegas. We were, we were going to go to Vegas. Yeah. That would have been out of control. If we didn't go to 220, it was Vegas. Well, 220. Solid. Uh, that should be. Cowboy Razor. Um, someone else is going to 220. I can't remember his name. Uh, me? Anyway, let's talk about these games. The first one we have here: Falcons at Eagles. Mm. Interesting. A one. Nick Foles-led Eagles team. Can they do it against the Falcons? Anyone? I'll t- I'll take it first if you want. <laughs> but you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Kay. So you're listen, not taking the e- you're you're going to take the Eagles. Listen, one thing that I love, this I love betting against, is when. The entire public, and when I say betting, I don't I mean love like betting act, against him. Actually, putting a, a <laughs> putting bet eighty in. cents on on a team when everyone in the public, everyone, has already crowned the Falcons kings. They've they've given the Eagles no shot. Well, I got news for you. I think the Eagles not only have a shot, I think they have a great shot to win this game, and the reason is the running game. Um, Devonta Freeman, uh, his wins and losses are his, when when you split wins and losses. He has very similar rushing stats in terms of yards, yards per carry, yada, yada, yada. But there's one big thing that really stands out. In wins, Devonta Freeman has seven touchdowns. In losses, two. And when you're thinking about a guy like Matt Ryan, and yes, Matt Ryan played really well, Matt Ryan has yet to throw three touchdowns in a game this year. Hasn't gone over three touchdowns in a game. So it shows you how dependent the Falcons are on scoring with their run game and how important that is. The other end of that spectrum is that the Eagles are one of the best run defenses in the league, and they have been all season, and that is their calling card. And this is a team that's being wildly disrespected. Mm. This is a team that, for the first time in history, is an underdog at home against a six seed. It's the first time any team that's a one seed is an underdog against a six seed. Ever. Yeah, right? Silly. So yeah. when you're being that wildly disrespected and your team, their calling card, is that run defense. And you have a team on the other side in Atlanta that's so dependent on runs to score points. I think this is a really good matchup for the Eagles. That's all. I, I think I, it's interesting. You know, it's funny because uh, I was looking at uh, prop bets for this weekend, and Matt Ryan is plus 125 to throw over one and a half touchdowns. I think, I can't remember if it was six times or he's only done it three or six times. I can't remember the number. So he's only had three or six multi-touchdown games. Not like you said, he hasn't had one three-touchdown game. Yeah, not one. But um, I don't know. I think it's interesting. We saw last week the Falcons shut down Todd Gurley in the sense that he only had 60 yards through the third quarter on the ground and only 10 yards through the air, which he was doing most of his damage on the last couple of weeks. So, and, and also we've mentioned many times how the way you attack this Falcons defense is with the running back out the backfield. Right. And they shut him down. Right. And uh, – you know, but we also saw on the other side of the ball, if you want to look there, Donald mm. had a field day, Aaron Donald. And you're kind of dealing that with much of the same in like Fletcher Cox, same type of player. So I think that's where I'm looking. But 
I mean, Nick Foles, that offense has been putrid. He only played like about a quarter and change in the Cowboys game where they lost 6-0. And before that, they didn't really look too good against Oakland on the Monday yeah. night game. Like, yeah. Or Sunday night game. That was Monday night, the Monday Christmas night, double the two Monday, Yeah, right. He didn't look impressive then. So their offense has dipped drastically, obviously, since Wentz went down and Foles took over. So I'm not really sure they're going to be able to hang with the Falcons, who have been riding high the last two weeks, have essentially played two playoff games. They beat Carolina to get in. And then last weekend, beating L.A. on the road. Um, I don't know. I think I think the beat rolls on for Atlanta, and they roll. Uh, Nick Foles versus Matt Ryan. I don't care how bad of a year Matt Ryan has had. I'll take that matchup every single time. Um, I think the Falcons' defense is severely slept on. I think they have been playing really well the last six, seven weeks. Deion Jones is an absolute freak. They're getting a pass rush. And I love their secondary. We've mentioned it many times about Dan Quinn. He's trying to rebuild what he had with Pete Carroll in Seattle. And you see a lot of similarities similarities with that team and the one on Atlanta. So I I I think that this game is going to be a comfortable win for the Falcons. I can see them being up the whole time. And if they jump out to a 10 nothing lead and then Foles got to throw from behind, I'm not that confident if I was an Eagle fan. See, that's the only way I think that the Falcons win this game is if they get an early lead. Here's a, a quick trivia question. Who is the only individual running back to rush for 100 yards against the Falcons this year? Terrell Davis. <laughs> close. That's my favorite running back. <sighs> said close. <laughs> Wait, say again. Fal- Mike Davis? The only. <laughs> oh, I know who. Jay Ajayi. When Jay he was Ajayi. In Miami. When Jay he was in Miami. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. right. He ran for the. He was the only 100 yard game. Jay Ajayi has been absolutely incredible since he joined the Eagles. I don't know if you guys know this. He is. He has 5.8 yards per carry since joining the Eagles. That's second in the league. The Falcons were tied for 17th in the NFL in yards per carry allowed. I think that the Falcons have. I, I think what the Falcons did last week to the, to the um, Rams was they took a high paced offense and they slowed them down. And that's what made that defense uh, successful. I don't think they're going to be able to do that. I think there's going to be a very f- slow-paced game overall. I, and I, I really think that the Eagles are coming in with a, a chip on their shoulder, man. I really do. And I, the, I, I'm going to have to agree with you, Nick. The Falcons' defense has been excellent. Uh, I think that's the best unit on the squad. I think that's a better unit than their offense. Um, but I really I think that the Eagles, a lot of people are sleeping on the Eagles. A lot of people are counting them out. I think they're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. And I think, look, it's going to be 24 degrees. Uh, yeah, that's a big factor. Yeah, because I went I went to that wild card game when they played the Giants up here in 2011. Well, it was 2012, January. But I remember Matt Ryan just over there with Julio, and he's blowing on his hands. Cause, and, and he said, because they kept showing it, and the, the fans kept getting rowdy, how, oh, it's really cold out. And right then and there, I was like, all right, on to Green Bay as a Giants fan. Yeah. So if it's going to be that cold, yeah, you definitely got to factor that. Because last week, they didn't need to worry about conditions it's in true. L.A. And they don't need to worry about it in the in the dome. And a, and a lot of people are going to say, but Matt Ryan played at Boston College. And Torrey Smith was uh, one of the people that he played in Maryland when they played Boston College. And they, it was a freezing game. And Matt Ryan lit them up for four touchdowns. He's like, I've seen him do it before. Well, you know, that was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 years ago, wow, I was going to say 10 years ago I was playing with Power Rangers toy, but 10 years ago I was 19 years old. I'm a, I'm old as fuck, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's trash. What the fuck is up with that? 10 years ago you were like... 10 years ago I was like... Shit. 10 years ago you were almost my age. Yeah, 19. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. How well, old are you? Uh, 24. Yeah, you wish you were 19. 19, I I was 19. bro. You're probably but, like paying for sex and like doing heroin and stuff. I, <laughs> Never pay for the poo. What about the heroin? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes yeah, I thought that'd be the sometimes pay for the H. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> pay for the H. Nah, but I mean, 
Ryan's also a Philadelphia native too. Oh, right outside Philly mm-hmm. from the area. So I mean, he he grew up in that way. If, if Nick Foles can come out slinging, I think they win. But I don't expect shocked. them to. He's a capable quarterback, though. He's he's had success in the playoffs before. Mm. Yeah, but it's a long time ago. Did he though? Because he didn't win a playoff game either. He played well in the playoff game, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like though, there has to be something said for a team that has been playing all year together, and now. With the Eagles, you're kind of just throwing a wrench into the whole thing. Like you have a new guy. Looking at a ten point swing in the point in the point spread with yeah, uh, Winston Foles. Not only is it the player, but it's also the fact that like someone brand new is just stepping in. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we saw Le'Veon Bell. He didn't play the whole preseason. He had a slow start to. It's like just being in game shape and like not getting enough game reps and stuff. Like you're going against a team that's coming off a big win for them, and they've been playing like all year together. And it's fucking Matt Ryan. Like they were in the Super Bowl last year. This team knows how to win. And you're going against a guy who has not played, forced into the position, and now it's like he I don't started know. their last playoff game yeah. for, tw- for Philly in 2014. They lost to New Orleans by two points. In that game, he he had 195 yards, but he was at 70 percent, two touchdowns, and no picks. Uh, so I mean, he didn't play great, but he didn't play terrible. All right. Mm. Um, who we got? By the way, I just want to go on the record and say I'm not even like. Don't care too much about this game because I don't think either of these teams have a shot at winning the Super Bowl at all. I'm taking I think, I think the Falcons have a shot at getting to the Super Bowl. Oh, winning the Super Bowl. So you're just not going to watch it if the Falcons <laughs> I am going to watch it. I'm just saying. You should care about this game, blood. Nah. I'm taking the goals. I'm taking Atlanta. I'm taking Atlanta as well. I'm going to wait till my confidence picks. Oh. <laughs> you guys are tipping you're your caps. You're not going to pick winners, though? We're talking about winners. Winners, Falcons. Spread Falcons. <laughs> uh, Alright. Um, that kind of gave it away. That point. Uh, next game we have here are the Titans at the Patriots. The Titans coming off a upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mariota basically won that game himself. We talked about it on Monday. Made some big plays in that game. Um, Derek, Henry, Derek Henry went off. Mm. Uh, Derek Henry's going to have to have Probably like 400 like yards yeah. for them mm-hmm. to have a chance in this game. Though. Marco Murray's out. So in case you Which were worried about news. Mike Malarkey, Tim, you know, shuffling the cards. I'm, I'm sure that when Marco Murray, I'm sure that would have been in his plans. Yeah, I'm, I sure think he'll, uh, I'm sure he would have got carried. <laughs> I'm sure he'll still get a carrier too, even though he's inactive. <laughs> I'll, I, I swear to God, I'll be, I'll be shocked if the Titans put up more than 10 points. Yeah. Their offense is very underwhelming. I have a question. Who do you stop? What's the Patriot way? Is Derrick it, Henry. Is it? I would, you know, I would say Delaney Walker. Mm. No. I feel like if you eliminate him, then it eliminates everything that that offense does. See, for me, I would have a third option. Delaney Walker's not going to beat you. I would spy Mariota. No. I would make sure you can't beat you with the legs. Bro, you can't let them control the game. If they slow down the game, then they have a shot. If you stop Delaney Walker and they can't do that, they have to throw the ball, you're going to get the ball more. Let them pass. Mariota's not, you know, amazing. He's good, but he's not like amazing. Like, let him throw. And to who is he throwing to? Very underwhelming. Eric Decker hasn't done shit. Rashard Matthews, I don't know what's happening. Corey Davis, like, good talent, but like, what's going on? Like, the only person who's very good on that offense, I mean, the two of them, are Delaney Walker and Derrick Henry. If you stop Derrick Henry and you allow them to not control the pace of the game, let them throw to Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker's not going to beat you himself. He's a fucking tight end. That's a good point. 
there's no way. You you stop Derrick Henry. You put everyone in the box. Let him do what the fuck he wants, and then let him throw it over the top. To Eric Decker can't catch the ball. How many fucking drops did we see but last week? Let's, let's remember, Derrick Henry, yes, he had a good game, but he's also had games where he has 21 carries for 60 yards. Sure, but that's the only that's the only possible way. Do you think Mariota is going to... Mariota and Rashard Matthews and Eric Decker are going to beat or outscore the Patriots? No, that's You what want I, them to throw the ball because you want the ball. I think this game is going to be a fucking... Like, massacre. Over. Massacre, yeah. Yeah, I, I do too. I think Brady throws for five touchdowns, 400 yards. 100%. Comes a, out. A, bad, a, a mad Tom Brady yeah. against a team that had to upset a, a team that's nowhere near the Patriots just to be here. Usually when you see a team like the Patriots facing adversity and types of questions about that article about Kraft that we talked about Monday, yeah, Kraft, yeah. Belichick, and Brady, the rift. Shit like this doesn't phase the Patriots at all. If it was any other team, I'd be like, "Oh, damn!" Like they got to answer these questions all week while the other team's preparing, like the Titans are. Shit, I, I you know, I, I might be leaning toward the, the Titans, but there's a lot you know, of the people- Patriots have been through this so many times in the past with the Spy Gate and the Flake Gate and all that stuff. You know, even leading up to the Super Bowl to the Flake Gate. So I mean, I'm I'm not worried about that even causing a distraction. I think they roll easily. Yeah, there's a lot of conspiracy people out there that think that New England planted this on their own just to get them <laughs> fired up. Because they haven't been playing for anything for about a month and a half now. And, you know, you look at Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has ha- kind of had a very quiet season outside of that one big Oakland game where he broke out. You saw what Tyreek Hill did to Tennessee last week. Tyreek Hill should have had like 300 yards because he dropped a lot of passes. He dropped a, a big one to start the game. He dropped, dropped four another... passes, I believe. Yeah, he and Cooks is a, a very similar, if not the same kind of wide receiver as Tyreek Hill. And the way you attack the Titans is through the air, not on the ground. They have a very a very solid run defense. And I think that Brady's going to come out and just chuck it all over the place. Gronk, three touchdowns. Yeah. Hogan might be call- coming back. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And one of, the, one of the major reasons why it was such a good matchup, their matchup with Tennessee, is because they limit big plays. But the Patriots don't need big plays. Yeah, the Patriots have been They'll hit you throwing, with seven-yard slants yeah, for 13 seven yard straight slants plays. and five-yard outs since Wes Welker was running them. Yeah. Like, they, they've, been, they've been doing this for years. They know how to attack that. No problem. You want us to, you want us to take a 12-minute drive? Sure. No problem. 12 plays? Gotcha. Yeah. I'll be shocked. Without Burkhead, too, and James White, too. I think yeah, this game's like, going to be over at Deion the end Lewis of the first has quarter. been more than adequate. The last couple weeks. End of the first quarter, this game's going to be over. I, I can't disagree with you. I think this is going to be a blowout. I want to see a good game, though, but I think it's going to be a blowout. I'll, I'll do anything for the Titans to win this game. Man, Literally I would. do anything. Would you Would you blow a guy? Oh, God. Nah, it's not your favorite team. Which guy? <laughs> <laughs> or, or that. Blow Tom Brady. Throw him <laughs> off his game, maybe. <laughs> we got a 708. Trying to steal Tom Brady's jizz again. Um, Yeah, I think this is kind of like easy. We can roll over this game, Patriots. Uh, Next game here. Uh, I'm going to be at this one. Mm, nice. Jaguars at Steelers. Mm. Why did I do that? Now my dog's awake. Uh, Jaguars at Steelers. Charlie over there just me mugging. Tight. He put I'll his head down. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not in trouble anymore. All right, cool. Uh, Jaguars at Steelers. Um, personally, I think the Steelers offense is too much for them. If you score 14 points, you beat the Jaguars, and they will. So. I, I feel like it's a hot take. Um, I think that Pittsburgh beats them by 30. This was the uh, Ben retirement game. Yeah, I'm done. Ben came out, and you know they're probably using this as as fuel, because mm-hmm. all you all you would hear is how you know five interceptions. Maybe I'm done. Jaguars defense. We went in there and we we beat them. Don't forget. I think Pittsburgh was like a ten point favorite in that game, nine and a half, ten, and they dominated them. 
Look, completely different teams now for sure. Um, no Shazier this time, but he wasn't really a factor against the run because Fournette had a pretty yeah, little Lenny game had a big run that game. Yeah, seventy-five yards. And I think that they're going to come back. AB was at practice this week, and uh, Juju came out and said that there was no setbacks, nothing good, good as new. And AB had a monster game against them earlier this year. So I think that the Steelers are going to just beat the piss out of them. I don't think so. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think the Steelers will win at home, but I think my thing is defense travels, man. And when you have arguably the two top corners on any team and Bouye and Ramsey outside, you got a good chance to take away the biggest threat in mm. AB in the game. Now, sure, you combat that with, oh, we got Le'Veon Bell, too. So, you know, what can they do to counter that? But they do have a phenomenal pass rush. I'm not so sure about their rushing defense. but they It's been really good since Marcel Darius showed up. That's true that. True that. He's helped out. But uh, Clyde Campbell sure, certainly can get after Big Ben and cause trouble, make him move. Make Ben move and have him throw on the move is what you want to do. This, this game is my Let's favorite. Let's not forget also, AB had 157 yards against them when they lost 30-9. to nine. Which is one of the reasons why this is kind of one of my favorite upsets of the of the week. I think that this has the the shock value upset of the week. About to change my written pick. all over it. First of all, it's not an upset. They're dogged. Yeah, they're the, big dogs. Thinking the Jags are on the road. Win. Oh, you think the Jags are gonna win? I think it, they could win. I'm not. I'm not. I'm in no way saying the Jags are gonna win. Don't don't get me twisted on that one. Is this a but? Bet, I think heavy they could. Money on the line. But look, look. If you're the Steelers, Le'Veon Bell is obviously. Not thinking completely 100% about the game. He's being asked about his contract. He's answering questions about his contract. Nick just went over that. right? You don't know if Antonio Brown is healthy. Of course, Juju Smith-Juju is going to say he looks great. It's his teammate. right? And the Jaguars' defense is is a Super Bowl defense, which the reason why I'm not picking the Jaguars is going to come down to Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, not Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, uh, The other asshole, Bottles, who couldn't throw a spiral to the flat last game. Right? So, if it comes down to Blake Bortles and him having to come back, then I don't think they have a chance. But if this game comes down to the, a, a point where the Jaguars are controlling the pace, where Fournette is running the ball and they continue to get first downs, and the defense is not letting the Steelers get into any type of rhythm or comfortable, because remember, the Steelers are another big play offense, and the Jaguars just don't give up big plays, period, especially those corners. So I just think in terms of matchup, if I'm the Steelers, I would have I would have obviously rather played the Titans. I would have rather played the Chiefs. I would have rather played any team in the NFC and the AFC. I, I think you don't want to see the Jaguars at the moment. Um, I, I don't know. I think the last time you also got to remember, I, I look into this more, the schedule. So they had played Baltimore the week before, and you know how that's like always like a big slugfest and a big rivalry. They come off that game, and Le'Veon Bell gets 15, 15 carries, 10 receptions. Right, I think that they're going to feature him more. We've went over it in the past how any time that he's featured as a bulk house, similar to like Lucian McCoy, the more these guys get fed, the it translates to win, to wins. Um, AB, look, I I think he's going to have a monster game. He had a monster game against them last time, and Antonio Brown in 2015, he played a historical Denver Broncos strong defense, pass defense, and people are comparing the Jaguars defense now with those two corners to Tlaib and Harris from that year. AB put up 16 catches, 189, and two touchdowns. And then this year, he also had 10-plus catches and over 130 yards against the Jaguars defense. I Yo, I don't know. I think this is a dominating win for 
the Steelers, especially if they could jump out to a lead. And I know I've said that for a lot of a lot of these games so far, but I'm just looking at the quarterbacks. I get Big Ben, who has over 25 starts in the playoffs, and this is Blake Bortles' second. Going into Pittsburgh, where Jacksonville last week, players were complaining it was cold, and it was 52 degrees. Now you got to go into Pittsburgh. Joe, I hope you get that Under Armour tights and the Under Armour's fired up. You already know I got foot warmers. Because it's going to be it's going to be cold <laughs> as hell. So you got a team from Florida going up in, in, into the north. It's going to be it's going to be rough. Keep in mind, AB had those numbers because Big Ben threw 55 times that game. And they yeah. were playing from behind late in the game. I think it was 20 to 9 at one point in the third quarter. So the whole second half, they were pretty much airing it out. Yo, don't forget, they had two pick sixes too. And the the last touchdown was just uh you know the, the Steelers Lenny. was yeah. that the Lenny run yeah uh, Leonard Fournette ran that ninety yard run because they were sold out to stop the run there and he, he just happened to get in a situation like that when you have all ten guys in the box if you could just get past the line of scrimmage you can just score a touchdown. Next question is Leonard Fournette a factor for anybody? I am not a Leonard Fournette guy at all. Me either. I'm a I'm a Leonard Fournette guy in terms of what is am I am I on him like he's a superstar no he's a really good running back like but if you take away is he two, a really good running back do you know what i think he's one of those i think he has the potential i think he's a workhorse <laughs> i think he's a workhorse running back i think you can hand the ball 30 times there's no problem he's a grinder like right the team is tough because his quarterback situation so his the odds That's are stacked against him yeah. the whole time right i'm just saying like to me he's not like a factor in this game like oh we gotta like i mean they're gonna need him to be a factor I yeah. think this game's tight. I think it's a 14-10 type game. I, I agree. I think the game's tight. I can see the Steelers winning, but I could also see that I can see the Jaguars maybe pulling it out, man. This Four. is another game where I'll be shocked if the Jaguars have 10 points. 42 to 10, Pittsburgh. Easy. Uh, 42 on the Jaguars defense. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I think you guys are underestimating how good the Jaguars were this year. Not at all. I'm showing them a lot of love, but I know what they did to Pittsburgh the last time when they went in there. It's not going to happen again, and Ben's going to be fired up. He got his toys back. Juju was a non-factor then. Now he's a big part of that offense. Also, you got to account for. And yo, they're gonna come out guns blazing. I uh, this is gonna be a game where I think it's gonna be over by halftime. Once again, I'm taking the quarterback matchup. Significant quarterback advantage. That's true. But the Jacksonville defense, second in total defense, first in pass defense, second in scoring defense, second in sacks, second in INTs, second in fumbles. Ah, it's the playoffs. Two two games against the Colts. Two games against the Titans. Two games. If you're, I mean, if you're still saying that, then come on. I but mean, yo, it's nah, the playoffs. But why? If you're gonna play shit teams, I gotta hold that a little bit against you, no? But they've done it. They've done it against the good teams too. All right, but uh, including this one, Big Big Ben lit him up. Well, he didn't light him up. Sorry. Uh, what's his name? Philip Rivers had a good game against them when they played better quarterbacks. I remember I made a point about this. Yo, the game's gonna be over by halftime. <laughs> That's it. This is my number four. I'm telling you now. This is my most confident pick on the weekend by far. Wow. Lock it up. Eight points. Seven and a half. No, I'm saying eight seven. points is what the confident pick is. Confidence. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, seven and a half. Sorry. I don't know, man. I Defense travels. Defense wins in the in the playoffs. I don't know. Triple B's, dog. Triple BJ's. Uh, Throw Juju in there, too. The last game we have is the <laughs> like Saints at the Vikings. This is the game. This is the game of the week. For yeah, for this is a goodie. I hope this isn't a big lesson. I also have a hot take here, too. Oh, boy. I think this is a 15-point win for the Saints also. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't care how good the... all about the blowouts. I don't, once again, <laughs> every game just sucked this once, week. Uh, once, once, I, uh, once I get to this round, this part of the year, I'm taking the significant quarterback advantage. And we, we talked about this on DB with Impy yesterday. If you do like a boxing tail of the tape, right? 
and you put up defensive units, right? I'll give you the edge to to the Vikings. They're also playing at home. I have said in the past how they're a better team when they play at home. And then you go uh, dual-headed monster in the backfield. Um, you do offensive lines. You do all that head coach. The big, the big unanimous decision is the quarterback play indoors. Also, the first time these teams played, completely different teams, right? No AP this time. Week one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, week one, Monday Night Football. Sammy B. Yeah, Sam Bradford. No no Adrian Peterson. What happened when AP left? Ingram and Kamara, I think, were the top in, in the top five running backs in all your fantasy leagues across the board. And now you got to worry about that. And I think that I'm taking Breeze and the points indoors. Don't need to worry. I think this is another blowout. So last week we saw the Panthers shut down the run, right? Made Drew Breeze beat them, and he did. And, you know, the Panthers' secondaries and all that. This week, you got, I think, they'll be able to stop the run, and they'll fare much better on the outside with um, Xavier Rhodes. Mm. And Trey Wayne's all right, but I still think it gives them a much better chance. And we talk about the Saints' defense. We talk about Lattimore and Crowley. How about feeling Thielen from the slot? Or, you know, we talk, thick you know, tip feel. Yes, Drew Brees is the better quarterback, but if, if Keenan only has to do is drop two steps and get it out to Thielen and have him run – you know, for the pick up the yak, then I don't think it's the advantage is, you know, somewhat leveled. Hmm. I like the Saints, man. I, I like the it, Vikes it, in this situation at home. I like both these teams. Whoever wins this game, I want to win the whole thing. It's a shame because I think this is the NFC Championship game. You guys are all, both of you selling the foul. I do, but short. I mean, no, I'm not. I mean, no, I like these two teams more. Like, I'm not saying they're the best ones. I'm saying I would like one of these teams to win the Super Bowl. That would be awesome. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm ranking the teams in the playoffs left... The Saints and the Vikings are one A one B. I don't I don't know where I'd put them. You and mean then, in the NFC? In the NFC, oh, okay. yeah. And then the Eagles and the Falcons would follow. Like I, I think that's fair to say. I mean, your stance on Atlanta has been the same all year, so I I, I applaud your consistency. <laughs> all right. Anyway, th- this game here, though, Saints versus Vikings, this is a cl- really classic battle of offense versus defense. Number one defense in the league against the number two offense. Number two running defense against the highest gaining duel from scrimmage in NFL history. Hall of Fame quarterback against the number two passing defense. The number five red zone offense against the number one red zone defense. And that's all fine and dandy, but I think the key to this game lies in third down. The Vikings held opponents to a 25.2 conversion rate on third down this year. That is the best in the NFL since 1991. For those of you who are not math majors, that's 27 years. When asked, this, this, I found this funny. When asked why they've been so good on third down, Mike Zimmer very eloquently said, we have good players. They play good. Mm. Real insightful on that one. But um, the Vikings held opponents to 25.2 on third down. Uh, so you, you heard that already. The Saints, on the other hand, have had a lot of trouble converting third downs this year. They were 19th in the NFL, only converted a touchdown on 38%. Of, I mean, a first down on 38% of third downs. But they were seventh in the league overall on first downs. So what does that tell you? That tells you that they're great on first and second down. And you saw that against the Panthers last week. Against the Panthers, they were two for eight on third down. They only had eight third downs, 21 total first downs overall, though. So they got 19 first downs on first or second down. And that is what's going to be the key to this game, I think. If the Saints can can convert first downs on first and second down, which means Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram are going to have to break off four or five yard runs on first down like they've been doing all year right i think the saints win this game easily but if not if they're forced to convert third down they haven't been doing it well all year and the vikings are the best at it i think that's when the saints are going to get in trouble if they start 
playing with third down. They got to play like Canadian football. They got to go. They got to have a three down mentality in terms of the third down is like the punting down. They need to convert in two in two downs or less. I think that's the key. I think the fact that the Saints bring such a good defense with them, along with how good they are and have been all all year on offense, I think that's the ultimate game changer. Because now you got that good ass defense in Minnesota. They got to worry about a Hall of Fame quarterback who is Plan B on their team when the the running backs are no good, and that's a hell of a Plan B to have if you got Drew Brees. Whereas if you stop that two headed monster in uh, Murray and McKinnon. Um, you're the same thing. You you stop those two guys. Now you got Case Keenum against that good defense. Give me that all the time. Case Keenum, who's gotten a lot of like he's been playing really well, but a lot of his success has come off play action. So that team is don't let it don't get it twisted. Case Keenum is the name you hear, but that's a run first squad. And look, Case Keenum has had a, a very solid year too. But if you look similar to Jared Goff, when he played the top tier defensive teams, he did struggle a little bit. He played the Panthers earlier this year, and he was. Throwing interceptions, missing guys. So I think that's something to worry about. Keep in mind, too, that week one, the, the Vikings had Dal Cook yeah. as their running back. And I know that Saints defense is totally different because they got gashed that Monday night game. Mm-hmm. And then they went to New England and gave up 555 yards. New England came offense. to them. New England came yeah, to them. Yeah, and they beat them up. Yeah. And smoked them up. Yeah. So since then, it's been like a, a totally different unit. It has been. I, I, I don't know. I'm... The theme for me on this episode is I'm taking the better quarterback in every matchup. Yeah, clearly by double digits too, huh? Yeah, every yeah. game's a blowout tonight. Yeah. Oh, I just think, you, I think the Saints are like an offense that's like so hard to game plan for. I mean, I, I've said it time and time before. Like, like I've said on the, on the last show, like this season, Drew Brees doesn't have to throw for fucking five thousand yards this season because he has the two headed monster in the backfield. And when you stop him, Drew Brees shows his dick last week. That's what Ingram said too in his post post game uh, presser. He's like. I was like, yeah, yeah, they shut us down. They shut me and you know Kamara down. But look, we got Drew here, and we've been we've been saying it all year. Like, yo, if you're gonna stop us, we still got Drew to beat you, and he's a Hall of Famer. And those still that don't think he is, like, just watch this week's game film. And yo, not even a Hall of Famer, also got a dude on the outside that is destined for Canton. Can't, if you look at what he's Mike. done, the first yeah, can't guard Mike. Uh, that Mike Thomas, he's he's been a beast too. I think him and Odell have the most catches in their first two seasons in the NFL. And this guy's a problem. He, last week, yo, Panther killer, he's had, uh, prior to last week, he had caught 22 of the 27 passes thrown his way. And this week, granted, tough matchup against Xavier Rhodes, but, yo, you saw Xavier Rhodes get had a couple of times this year, too. Marvin Jones lit him up. So, I think I think that uh, Drew Brees is in for a monster game, and so are the Saints. Saints go marching, marching into a, I believe, a home game next week. Hmm. Uh Harrison Smith, Everson Griffin, Xavier Rhodes, all pros. Can't underestimate that. This, I, my heart says Saints, but usually in the in the matchup of offense traveling against great defense, great defense wins ninety percent. Wait, of the time. but you're also yeah, getting bro, a good defense in the Saints. That's too. what I'm saying. Sure. That's what I think is a big X factor that it, in the. But past, you're also you, getting a good offense in the Vikings. But that's not forget about the, the offense of the Vikings. The is offense, a good offense. The offense is lined up against each other. You're taking like, the Saints it's a every bigger, time. It's, yeah, yeah. it's a sure. bigger margin yeah. than the defenses, I think. Uh, well, let's not forget, the Saints have put 20 people on IR this year. A lot of those guys have been on defense. They're missing Kenny Vaccaro. They're missing their interior lineman, I forget his name, who was really good against the run. Never heard of him. They also lost their left tackle last week, but I don't think it's as big of a loss because that left tackle missed a lot of time this year, too. Wasn't it guard? 
No, Pete. Right, right, right. My bad. Pete's uh, either left tackle or right tackle. Think He's about, one of the tackles. Uh, I think the Falcons guard went down. Well, yeah. Levitri, they put him on IR prior to last week, though. He didn't play last week. Oh, let's not also forget the Vikings. Talking about the the Vikings are going to be playing their ninth different starting lineup in the offensive line. So that's something to monitor as well because that Saints D-line is no joke. Cam Jordan and the boys can get in the backfield whenever the fuck they want. And it's one of the big reasons why the Saints have been so successful this year. It's the same formula as the Vikings. It's great It's great corner, pass rush. Great corner, pass rush. And so just be aware of that. That's, a, that's an X factor that people should be aware of. Nine different starting lineups this year for the Vikings O-line. Hmm. One of the lowest ranked on PFF. It says um, everything's so quick in that offense. It's either run or quick play action. So let's see, you know. I like the Saints in this game. I think they're going to win. But I could see the Vikings winning. Yeah, this is probably like the closest Bikes. game, I think, of the of the slate. We'll see. Saints by 15. <laughs> What's the lowest margin this week? I think it is 15. I think I think it's, yeah, it might be. This might be the lowest. That's great. New England's winning by 30. Above the Falcons-Eagles. 14. <laughs> yo, yo can, I, can I flex real quick? Not only am I going to pick all the winners right, I just got a message that said, Hey, Mr. P, I love the way you teach from a student, just for no reason. Time out. How the fuck did he message you? Uh, it's on, uh, we have this uh, grading system. Dog, oh, be okay. careful yeah. nowadays, on, man. man. Nah, we got oh, a great, like, they can message in the grade book, bro. It's, the two, it's, it's 2018. It's Blackboard? That's nah, crazy. Nah, uh, uh -huh. Jupiter. Yo, wait, Jupiter. they can hit you up and be like, yo. Yeah, like, yo, what's good with this grade? That's awesome. They don't. It, they many, don't. I was going to say, how many times have you gotten yeah, that? Yeah, they don't. That's dope. But if it was my girl's school, they'd be all over that shit. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, confidence picks. Um, I am not doing too hot. I am in last place with two points. The only game I picked correctly last week was the Titans game. You're like you in fantasy, bro. You finish in first, and then you lose in the playoffs, right? The first round. Wow. <laughs> it's early, dog. <laughs> Plus, we're, we're bumping up. Everything. It's not four three two one anymore. It is eight six four two. Ooh. So all I gotta do is hit this eight and, and you just shit the bed and I'm Word. I'm chilling. <laughs> um Tim and Boss both have three points and Nick is leading right now with six points. And yeah, we have confidence picks, so I'm in last, so I'll go first. My most confident game, uh my eight pointer, I'm taking New England, minus thirteen and a half. Uh the Titans, I think, are playing with house money. I think they played with house money last week too. I don't know. Like wild things would have to happen. Uh, Mar Mariota has to throw a, a fucking block like a fullback to seal the game, and he has to throw touchdowns to himself for them to win. So thank you, New England. They will handle this. I'm assuming they'll beat them by 20. Uh, my next um, game is the Falcons, minus two and a half. I might be reaching here, but it's for point purposes. Uh, three. It's, it's three. 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 You were reaching there for the half. You were reaching for a half point there. I'll take that. <laughs> um, I'm going to take the Falcons. Um, Falcons getting three. What the fuck? I'm not reaching anywhere. I'm trying to make it easy on yeah. They're actually giving Falcons three. are giving three. Giving three. What am I doing Joe, here? Joe, get your shit up. together, brah. That's why. I'm a legend. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Falcons. Um yeah, I have no faith in what I was saying before with Nick Foles. I think just to throw a guy in there, he hasn't played all year. It's hard to win a you know a, a playoff game against a hot team. Um, then it's going to be the Steelers minus seven and a half. Yep, got it. And then the Saints getting five is my least confident. And then next is either Tim or Boss. I'll take this from here. 
Uh, I got Atlanta minus three as that, my eight going, pointer. Oh, okay, go on. My bad. As my eight pointer. Um, yeah, they're gonna go into Philly and roll. Uh, number six, six most six point confidence pick is New England minus thirteen and a half. And then Minnesota at home. You guys are sleeping on Minnesota minus five for four. And for the deuce, Jacksonville plus seven and a half on the road. Hmm. Uh, See me? I'm starting off with New England as my most confident pick, plus thirteen and a half versus Tennessee. I think this is gonna this one is going to be a massive blowout of epic proportions and more adjectives like that. Uh, I think number six is going to be my, the Saints plus five at the Vikings. I think if the Saints don't win this game, it's at least going to be a close one. Uh, field goal game here. I don't think the Vikings have the offensive firepower um, to, to pull away from the Saints in any way. So I think the Saints are going to at least cover and might squeak out a close one. Uh, my fourth most confident pick is Philly plus three versus Atlanta. I think Philly is getting dangerously slept on, and I told you guys already how I love uh, when everyone assumes that one thing is going to happen, Go the opposite way. And then on number uh, my last most confident pick, I'm going Jacksonville plus 7.5 versus Pittsburgh. Again, I think that is a uh, close one. Steelers most confident, winning by 30. Falcons second most confident, winning by 14. Patriots are winning by 35. That's my third most confident. And my least confident pick, Saints winning by 15. Dalam! Going for an oil, boys. Put these parlays in. They pay out very <laughs> Those nice. Those all sound pretty confident. I'll be honest. Yeah. 15, 14, 80, and 90. Thank you. I can't wait till the the championship game next week is the Titans versus the Jaguars. Dude, <laughs> it's going to be a repeat of the AFC again, and then it's going to be the Saints hosting the Falcons. That would be dope, though. AFC South title game and NFC South title and game. AFC, it, yeah. it's, it's the South Two taking over. Games? Like the SEC. The fucking South is running shit out here. <laughs> Don't say the South is taking over, right? People get excited down there. Yeah, yeah. like that. You got to be very careful. Just start waving Confederate flags and shit, right? very careful, We will rise again. Relax. They just, had, they Relax. just had two teams in the national championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're already getting rowdy. Just chill out, right? Everyone, you know. We don't want no problems, keep South. It, keep it civil, you know what I'm saying? No pun intended. Um... <laughs> Politics. Tim loves it. Yeah, yeah Tim, Tim got a Woody over there. Going. Poking through that was jeans. funny. He said, let's keep it civil, no pun intended. That's, That's a fire. great joke. Yo, honestly, that was a really good well joke. Well done. I'm on fire. I don't know if it's the robe or the jokes. Tim, where can they find you? <laughs> At Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. MVM 10 on all social media also. The Squared Circle Jerks, we had a former NXT wrestler on our show. Ooh. Pretty dope insight what the business of pro wrestling is like. Give that a listen at SCJ Pod on Twitter. Degeneration Bets, we got a dope shout out. Um, this uh, website, what was, what was the website? Matchbook, they put out a link this morning that we're one of the 18 best uh, sports betting podcasts out there. So shout out, thank you, Tim, for the Just round of applause. Lit. Uh, shout out to everybody that helped it. Shout out to you guys, too, because you have all have made many appearances on the show. So you guys have helped build that. <gasps> and uh, most importantly, uh, ah, damn, I forgot. Never mind. Move on. Damn, that Clearly not the most important. Don't give this guy an Emmy ever. No, 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 no. be up there no, like, no. ah, forget it. Uh, boss? At NDeVito27 on Twitter and the gram. And Impy, our, our resident pro 2K gamer. Yeah, announcement. Big announcement. <laughs> I'm. I want to be in the 2K league. Yo. NBA 2K18 and the NBA have formed a partnership. There are 17 professional NBA teams that are creating their own separate entity <laughs> for 2K. I'm throwing my hat in the ring, if that's even the saying. <laughs> if anybody plays 2K18 for PS4, 
hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram if you want to run. We're going to live stream some shit on YouTube. Hit us up. We'll get some games in. I-M-P-Y-2 underscores on Twitter and Instagram. But hit us up on Twitter, and we'll get going on Pro-Am. You already know. Uh, and you guys can follow me on Twitter at Joe Sanagata. Go follow the show at Veterans Minimum and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Veterans Minimum, and Instagram at Veterans underscore Minimum. And that is all. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Let's do it again. Let's live stream it and play video games. Oh. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.